Honey, do I have any cauliflower crackers in my teeth? Um, you don't, but even if you did, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> Why wouldn't you tell me? Because it'd be funny. That is naughty. To look back for our first mega podcast and you have, what are they called? Cauliflower crackers. So really quick. These are so good. They're, they have sea salt, but they're made of cauliflower. So they have eh, 18 carbs, kind of high. Dietary fiber too. So 16, but then it's cauliflower, and I heard if it's, it's a vegetable, like, it's a better carb, maybe. <laughs> it's damn good, though. Uh, welcome to a nutrition podcast with <laughs> no. nutrition experts. No, um, no, no. Uh, but yeah, no, we're, we're very excited. We're here for our first mega podcast, Woo-hoo! which uh, after the first time of calling it a mega podcast, it's just going to be the Freddie and Alyssa show. But we know that on the journey of 151 episodes, this being 152, we're changing it up a little bit. And we're going to get into that today because we did make that new schedule video. But when you do a one-off video, it's not conversational it's more you have to keep the attention so I was getting out the points but I really want to dive in to um, more of the reasoning of why we're switching up the schedule uh-huh. and uh, and then we have a bunch of topics that we want to talk about today so, so much I'm very excited your hair looks great <gasps> thank you baby yours does too I gotta say because of quarantine I learned how to do my roots so I don't do highlights or cut it because I kind of learned <laughs> Don't ever want to do that. Literally, I think I was like 21. I tried cutting my own bangs. Ladies, don't do it. Bangs are never a good idea. And cutting them yourself, it's just not a good well, idea. Because everyone pulls them down like this and then cuts here and then they shoot right right up so to the top. Bad. I called my hairdresser. I was like, I need you to come over now because he's a good friend of mine. And it just, he tried, he tried to fix it, but it took yeah. a while. So I learned that. And then during um, the quarantine, I remember I tried doing highlights and they looked okay, but that is definitely an art. You know what I'm saying? Like if you really sit and learn, but doing your base, you just kind of learn, you put a little toner on it. So thank you. But not all of us can be you because you've always cut your own hair, right? Until I became a working actor for 11 years. Oh, it's going to be one of those episodes. Everyone turn this off now. Yeah, that's pretty much why I pursued acting. I never told anybody, but I was kind of sick of paying for haircuts. And I said, if I make it as an actor, I will always get my haircut for free. So that was pretty much my biggest motivation of wanting to be an actor. Wow. So from 2010 to about um, February of 2020, um, I was getting free haircuts. The more you know. So now I, for the past nine months, have been cutting my own hair. But I'm only doing it because... We're we're on camera in a certain angle, or even you know, if you're gonna, if I was gonna be in, in on TV, I you would need a professional because you're getting every angle. I don't know what the back looks like or the sides, but I know from this, it's doable and cool. It looks great. Well, thank you. I love it. Do you think all those years of watching someone cut your hair? Because how often would they cut it on set? Um, like like a real true haircut would probably be after a hiatus if, if it's been let go for a month or something. But most of the time it was just trimming, keeping it the same. So do you uh, think you learned watching them do that or you didn't pay attention? No, I paid attention to it. So I just, yeah, I used to use thinning shears and then I just, you know, take, you know, you just, I, I just, I don't know, I'll use the mirror on the side and just kind of cut it and thin it. But like I said, it only looks good from a certain angle. I, I wouldn't be able to pull good. it off in an actual going to a meeting and, you know, being in front of a bunch of people, they'd be like, did you cut your own hair? <laughs> yes, I said, thank I did. you for noticing. <laughs> I'm not a working Promotion. actor anymore. 
I have a fake company oh, in this uh, in this uh, fantasy here. But when you and I met, you did cut your own hair. I thought it looked great, and you actually almost cut my hair. We were just friends. You're like, let me cut your hair. I could do it. I could do it. Yeah, I've always been interested in it. So I used to do it for Mio. I used to cut Mio's. Really? And so, well, cutting someone else's, I can do a better job because I can see. True. You know, what I'm doing. Everything else you have to do with mirrors, but... Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm managing now, but we can always have someone come to the house or go get it cut when I feel like I need a professional I one. I think it looks so cute. I love well, it. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Now that I feel all pumped up and confident with my <laughs> new shirt, new haircut, um, let's hop into today's episode. Welcome everyone to the Freddie and Alyssa show, episode 152. By putting in the episode number, I messed my flow up. I'm going to start over. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Freddie and Alyssa Show. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe, like, comment, all that fun YouTube stuff. If you're watching on Facebook, like and follow. If you're listening on a platform like iTunes and you think we deserve a five-star review, give us a five-star review. It would help out tremendously. We have been putting up content now for three years, having an absolute blast. And we want to thank all of you um, for coming on this journey with us. It's been an absolute blast. And we keep innovating. We keep creating. And the one thing I want to do before we hop into the sponsor, because you are uh, going to – we're going to have a word from from the, our sponsor, sponsor through you. <laughs> through me. Uh, but I want to give a shout-out to uh, two new members, two new producers of the podcast. Jax Anderson, what's going on? How are you? And Kinsey James. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Kinsey James ha sounds like a prestigious jewelry company, doesn't it? Well, you know what's funny? I think it's Kinsley James, but I believe that's a very high-end bridal um, shop that I actually went to in LA. Kinsley James. I have to look really quick. But Kinsey James. I can see somebody saying, what's that necklace? That's beautiful. Oh yeah, it's from Kinsey James. Yeah, Kinsley James is the couture bridal. Kinsey James, it sounds like it's such a such a beautiful name. Great name. Well, Kinsley James is missing out by not being a member. <laughs> drop the L. Yeah. Drop Be a the... member, Kinsley James. Drop the Be L? Be like Kinsey James, because there's an L in Kinsley. Oh, drop the L. <laughs> I thought you meant drop the L as in a loss. Because she is losing by making dresses and not being a member for the Freddie and Alyssa show. Um, but Kin uh, Kinsey James and Jax Anderson, welcome. Um, if you want to learn about, about our membership program, you can check that out. We have the links in the description where you get an extra podcast every uh, Sunday. And then on the last Sunday of every month, it's a live podcast. So if you can't get enough of the Freddie and Alyssa show, you can look into becoming a member for an extra one. But I want to pass it over to you, babe. Who Thanks, is baby. who is sponsoring this episode? Today's episode is brought to you by Faraday. And Faraday is a family-run brand fueled by purpose and optimism. They make high-quality, sustainably-minded, feel-good favorites that you will be so proud to wear. And this is clothing that's made not just to last the season, but a lifetime to wear. And I personally just love a company with a really deeper message and I can totally feel the synergy of this company because the it's a pair of brothers and sisters and they just came together. Love them so much. If you guys can see here, I'm wearing the gold cuff and they have everything. They have women's wear, men's wear, jewelry, even blankets and masks. And you can just really feel that laid back, happy, awesome vibe when you visit their website. And they have been so kind to give our listeners of the Freddie Alyssa show 25% off. So if you guys are looking to do a little holiday shopping early, check them out at Faraday Brand. That's F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand.com 
forward slash Freddie Alyssa and use Freddie Alyssa at checkout for 25% off. I love me a deal. So check them out. They're wonderful. Thank you so much, Faraday, for being a part of the family. We're so grateful to have you here with us. Faraday, won't you come on over, Faraday? I like that. I like that. It's, Faraday. Maybe that was the original, not Valerie. <laughs> Faraday, this whole time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, thank you, Faraday. We appreciate you. I was rocking uh, the white tea from Faraday in our last episode. Super comfortable and awesome. We appreciate mm-hmm. you. Now, I want to um, take a good six to seven hours to explain. How long? Six to seven hours <laughs> to explain. Oh, no, um, I just I just want to kind of recap, and maybe if someone didn't see the new schedule video, I, I want to recap our our new schedule, but kind of dive in to our thought process because I always like sharing the process with everybody of what we're thinking and what we're doing because our goal is for people to maybe not even think this deep about it that it's just oh I'm watching YouTube videos, but there's so much behind the scenes that go into building a YouTube channel to building a Facebook page of building a podcast and all of the intricate workings from sponsorships to advertising and really just figuring out what the audience wants mm-hmm. because that's what everybody does. Every TV network, every Hulu and Netflix and Amazon, no matter what you're doing, you're, you're, we're like, what does the audience like and how can you make the experience for the audience the absolute best? And that's how we kind of look at everything we do in life. I've been watching a ton of YouTube channels and podcasts and I'm the consumer. Hmm. And there's things that these big wigs do that I go, I really like that. I need to mimic it. Then there's some things that I go, I don't like how that makes me feel. I don't want our audience to feel that. But there are things that most of them make me feel that I go, ooh, I want to do that for our audience. So we've been watching a bunch of podcasts. We've been seeing what's going on. And we shifted our schedule. So our initial uh, 1.0 of the Freddie and Alyssa show was basically, I think this was priority number eight on the list. I was full-time on the show. We had a lot of other projects going on from writing our book to writing the script to just doing a bunch of things. So the podcast was kind of a back burner, like fifth Um, priority on the list where we would put one out maybe once a week for a few weeks and then we would disappear for a couple months. We were always on hiatus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was always... uh, We'll be back from hiatus soon, guys. (laughs) But we were just starting out, you know. Yeah. you You have to dip your toe in. And of course, when you're starting something new, it can't go to the top of your list until it um, until it kind of earns the top of your list where we're at now, but it took a couple years, okay. two and a half years to get to the point we're at where now the podcast is number one. Um, but then we decided when we moved to cold water that we're going to build a podcast studio and which is essentially just our second bedroom, putting a table and our green curtains and, mm-hmm. and having an aesthetic. And we started getting on a schedule where we were putting out one to two a week, religiously one to two a week. And then once the pandemic happened and we had more time and I wasn't working on the show, we were sitting around going, well, this is the full-time thing. We should be putting out three episodes a week. Mm -hmm. So we started putting out an episode every Wednesday and every Friday for the public. And then around maybe August, I can't remember when, we did a bonus episode Monday for the video portion for the producers and the members only group. because we're like, this will be really cool. Well, after now doing that for a few months, we saw there was a little um, things that could be critiqued. And I think the biggest problem for us was we have so many other things that we want to add to this channel for all of you when it comes to, um, to doing vlogs 
And to do three podcasts a week, plus the vlogs, plus have time to be creative for other projects to bring all of you to make this the most exciting channel ever, we needed to pull back a few of those episodes, but not the amount of content that you're seeing. So we were looking and we're like, most episodes were 30 to 45 minutes. And if you do that across three podcasts, that's about an hour and a half to two hours. But the time consuming part isn't here having a blast talking. Mm -hmm. It was the post-production three times a week. So we said, what if we just do one mega podcast that's an hour to two hours long, and then we'll just do an exclusive podcast on Sundays for people who want extra and who want to contribute in that way for the members group. And it all made sense because I'm watching all the big wigs and what do they do? One mega <laughs> podcast and then a clips channel. Yeah. So this way, if you don't have time to watch the whole hour to two hour mega podcast of the Friday List show now that we're doing on Wednesdays, we're going to clip it. So all of the most important things that we talk about are going to be clipped and put in the Freddie and Alyssa show clips channel. And after this, if you want to go subscribe, that would be awesome. This way you can catch up. We're also populating that channel mm -hmm. with a bunch of um, old clips because we never clipped them. Well, you just did what Deidre Hall, you did some Robert Scott Wilson. I did Dr. Eric Cole, Dr. The, Eric the former oh, CIA the uh, hacker. hacker. That was such valuable information. And again, for people who are just tuning in to maybe like uh, on YouTube and they're looking that up, they're going to learn so much so quickly from Dr. Eric Cole. He was awesome. Yeah. But some people don't have the time to sit and watch full episodes or that information kind of gets lost when the episode was a while back. Yeah. You know? So it kind of refreshes it. So we're going to continue to populate that channel. We're going to pull things from current episodes and we're going to put a couple here on the main channel, but most over on the clips channel. And the other good reason for that is so that we can cast a wide net to introduce ourselves to new people. Because exactly. if someone does not know who Freddie and Alyssa is or who Freddie and Alyssa are, whatever kind of grammar you'd like to go by, <laughs> I go police. by, I go by both. <laughs> Um, sometimes an initial video that could be an hour and 10 minutes is probably not going to be clicked on by a complete stranger because it's too intimidating. Somebody who already knows who we are is excited. Mm -hmm. How do I know? Because I do this. <laughs> there is a podcast, Joe Rogan, Andrew Schultz, and Tim Dillon. I watch their podcast religiously and I'm a fan of the show. I will watch hours of their content. But how did I find these different people? By starting off by clips. You go, who's this guy? Like this new guy, Patrick Bet David, he's from Valuetainment and he does a lot of business stuff and a lot about money and oh my God, I love it. Um, <laughs> but I watch five minute clips, five minute clips, five minute clips. Now he's built trust with me and I love it. And now I'm interested in his longer videos. Mm. So we're kind of cornering the market in every way where we can give the, the audience that loves us and wants to sit down every Wednesday or Thursday, whenever they want to watch our mega podcast, put it up on the TV, grab a cup of coffee, sit back and enjoy an hour to two hour conversation and just enjoy themselves. And then the clips can use to cast to, to uh, gain new followers and new audience members to basically introduce them to who we are. Yes. So it's just a little, a little piece there. So that's kind of the thinking. And then the last part about this is what we want to do. We want to explore Florida. We want to produce vlogs, but producing three podcasts a week and vlogs was, we were kind of running around the first couple of weeks here. How are we going to do We were that? working, yeah, from, from yeah. sunrise to sunset, just like, holy cow. And the thing that, that really triggered it for us was the home tour vlog that we did of our house. Mm -hmm. We go, holy cow, we did this video in just two hours and it was seen by almost 100,000 people. 
And we kept, we were thinking, huh. And it's because people want to see behind the scenes of our life. If we go to the Kennedy Space Center, that's going to be Still an interesting <laughs> video. Go, yeah. So we wanted to free up the editing and post-production time and put that towards vlogs. So I did see a few comments, people like, oh no, like you're taking away episodes. It's like, we're, we're, you're, we're still, you're still getting the same amount of content. And very soon, within a week or two, you're going to be get even more than you did before mm -hmm. because we're going outside to, to do a lot more vlogging, mm -hmm. which I think is going to be really interesting. And we know so based on the numbers of the new vlogs that we've put out recently, they're doing extremely well. And the podcast is doing extremely well because now people are catching up. If you can't watch it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but you can watch Fred and Alyssa on, on Sunday, you're, everyone's going to watch this episode because there's not others straddling it that they, they have to pick and choose. So that's kind of the, the idea behind why we're, why we're doing this. And I think in the long run, it's going to be the blueprint that is going to take us next level. And, um, and it's all because of, of your comments and feedback. We listen. And we, we produce and we all try and grow together. So we want to thank you. We love you guys. Seriously, every comment, we just love hearing what you think, you know, because it really helps to build the community and just make a, a show that is interesting to everyone. Because I feel like from the time that we first started our show to now, not that it's crazy different, but we've had a lot of just different levels and, and growing and innovation and making it what it is today. I mean, who would have thought when we started this awkwardly, in, I was in the car, you were upstairs in our one bedroom in Studio City, and now here we are. We've gone through so much growth with it, and we're in Florida. And now we're in Florida, yeah. It's crazy, but we're going to have our studio back soon. I can't wait to do that, but yeah, just waiting for our stuff. Yeah, once our stuff gets here, we're going to go um, upstairs and uh, in the loft area, and we have it all planned out. It's going to be so cool. Like I can't wait to get back our our aesthetic of the green curtains and that that studio feel because we've gotten used to this and so has the audience but we're in the dining room right where i can't wait to be in a studio so we can eat at the dining room be in the studio because when you're home all the time it's nice to have different sections of your of house course. or apartment to that's the same thing when we were in cold water mm -hmm. in our, our our last place it was nice to have our podcast studio in the second bedroom because in pasadena it was in the living room and you just need <laughs> so the different compartments of your apartment or house, especially when we're all kind of locked down. For and functional you living. You want to be functional. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to be coming soon. Um, and then the other thing too, it's actually worked out great. I have um, our little webcam. I finally ordered a oh, webcam yes. that um, we'll see if it's better. I mean, the reviews are great. So basically you plug that into a laptop and that's a better camera than said camera on whatever. Yes. So have you tried it yet? I tried it, but I think yet again, <laughs> what you think? well, it was nighttime, so I couldn't, <laughs> but if I, once we light things properly, I'm curious how it's going to be, I'll have but, to test that but that was my question to you because now that we're changing up the schedule and we're, um, trying new things here, what do you think about potentially going live on YouTube and Facebook more often? I love that idea, especially since we're going to have a little bit more time to do that type of stuff since we made the One Mega Podcast and then the Members Podcast. Um, that does free up some time for us. So if this little bad boy works, this little camera, I think that'd be great because that way we can just sit and chat and have fun with the whole community and see what's going on. Yeah. You know, that's one of my favorite things ever. 
I know. I mean, now we're here, we're in it. So, but yeah, so we're going to keep, uh, we're going to keep, um, tweaking it, but that's, that's basically the nutshell is set your alarms, right? Mark it in your calendars, hit the notification bell every single Wednesday, 3 PM Eastern, Freddie and Alyssa show. And then if you want a second one, you can look into becoming a member on YouTube and Facebook, and that'll be every Sunday mm-hmm. at 3 p.m. Eastern. And the last Sunday of every month is live, and uh, you can you know ask questions, and you basically mold and dictate the podcast with your questions. So, so that's cool. really cool. So that's that. And then once we get the feel of the vlogging, we will probably have a date for the vlog, so you can get used to that as well. Yep. Um, but that's going to be... And you know what we're gonna do, um, and probably it'll be like Monday and Friday or something like yeah. that because we I like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. There's something cool about I that too. It worked well. So, so we're we we're on the that. yeah we're on the process and um, and it just fe- it feels really good. So we want to thank you for your patience and yes. you know and uh, watching this whole thing take place because you know just as we talked about point one and point two, now we're at point three. There'll be a day we'll be at point ten and we'll be like, <laughs> remember we were back in the Florida dining room and we were doing the mega podcast. So it's cool oh to document gosh, all of that. Of but um And speaking of entertainment, we watched the cutest film yesterday, Jingle mm. Jangle on Netflix. It's actually Netflix's first live action musical. So when we sat down, I don't think you knew it was a musical, but you're like, babe, I got a good movie for us to watch. And then when the first song broke out, I was like, yes. Oh, yeah. You didn't know, but it was so good. And it had so many stars in it. The music, the sets, um, Netflix's official synopsis, if you're curious what it's about. They say, in the gloriously vibrant town of Cobbleton, legendary toy maker Jeronicus Jangle, played by Forrest Whitaker, fanciful inventions burst with whimsy and wonder. But... When his trusted apprentice, played by Keegan-Michael Key, who's so funny, steals his most prized creation, it's up to his equally bright and inventive granddaughter, played by Madeline Mills, who we'll get into that, she's so talented, and a long-forgotten invention to heal old wounds and reawaken the magic within. So it was, first of all, I need to know from you before I get into my feelings about it, what you thought, how it made you feel, and what you thought of just the acting cinematography the music everything the cinematography the directing the set dressing the uh wardrobe Mm. not even mentioning the acting music and writing i'm talking this movie is 100 percent from top to bottom so amazing and uh i just love it around the christmas season of being able to get into that but this was different Mm -hmm. this was different i think the biggest part for me is the is the heartfelt feel good uh storyline well you always are rooting for a comeback you know that a comeback story and i just i cried so much in the movie but like happy tears and that's the best when you're just looking up at the screen like, oh my god they're so we love them you know it's just the best and from the very first second we heard the first song i go holy cow i can already tell this music is going to be sensational And John Legend, I guess, produced this, and he wrote a ton of the songs, um, if not all, with the team. And then the composer, John Debney, I think that's his name, John Debney, he also did The Greatest Showman, he did The Jungle Book, Iron Man 2, and you can just, I'm telling you, when you guys hear these songs, they're so good. That's what caught my attention at first. 
the first like note I heard of, oh my gosh. And then all the singers, it was incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Like I'm literally going to go and listen to that when we're done. <laughs> and it was just the right of, amount of music. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone like me, when it's like, like to go to an actual musical or to see certain movies that are, that have so much music in it, which is yeah. still awesome and I appreciate the art, but it just, for some reason, just doesn't catch me. Right. This was just enough that it was cool and then it was all about the story. And I just loved how smart him and his granddaughter and his mm-hmm. daughter and the relationship and the healing of relationships and the comeback story. And I, and I think it's not talked about enough. The human condition of watching somebody triumph is at a new level of happiness. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's kind of like giving. When you give someone, whether it's to charity or you help out a stranger, there's this feeling you get. It's in that family, but it's even above that. Yeah, There's something about rooting for somebody to, to have their greatest potential exposed to the world. And I think there's a lot of lessons in there. Oh, because that's when I think I feel my best. And, we, and, and, and I know that you feel the same way. That that is where I have found my true happiness is. Once you kind of get into the grind of life, because I know that we were young and everything's new and exciting, so you kind of don't start thinking about this inner stuff until you get older. Right. Once you get to a point that you've traveled for the first time, you've done some really cool things and you become an adult, then you kind of get into this rhythm. And you start wondering to yourself, what what are the days that I was the happiest? And it's always with it's always when you're with a certain group of people. Mm-hmm. It's the people in your life. It's your significant other, it's the positivity, and it's the progress that you are making day to day to achieving the most potential that you have inside of you. And this movie captured it. So how can how like how can you be legendary in your own life? Whether it's making toys, whether it's a song, whether it's being a parent, what no matter what it is, that even watching X Factor. When you watch somebody on that stage get over their stage fright, go out in front of 10 million people, they're 15 years old or 30 years old or 80 years old, and show their talent and showcase it to the world and get a standing ovation, you, you start to cry mm-hmm. because it, what is that feeling? What would you consider that feeling is? Of watching? Like why do we cry? It's just powerful. You have pride, deep pride for that person. And... It's like one of my favorite quotes. It, our biggest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our biggest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. And even Forrest Whitaker, he illustrated that in the movie when he kind of stopped believing for a minute and because he was, he was afraid of it again. You know, to have great things and great success, you have to risk and, ha- and do great, to take great risks, you know? And so I think watching individuals grow and learn and step outside of their comfort zone and then have success because they took that great risk is so rewarding and so special to watch like I could cry thinking about it I'm thinking about the end of the movie and I just it just it's so special you want the best for other people in this world you truly deeply do and if you don't you cry cry <laughs> but hopefully you do you know and then that's just what this this movie captured the magic of just the human spirit and humanity and coming together and family and just relationships. It just was really, really special. And it was such a treat. I mean, it did, did it feel like two hours to you watching that? It didn't. It just flew by. And, and, and I think, too, even hearing what you were saying, 
uh, so I'm trying to put this together because it's very rare that I'm touched in that way on film and I try to capture that and, and really analyze that. And I also think it's following your passion. Mm. The, the fact that Forrest Whitaker's character is an inventor and he's so passionate about inventing, he's in his element. Mm -hmm. There's something beautiful about somebody following their passion and and working hard and, and overcoming adversity and and you it bottles it, it, it's almost like you want to bottle it up and you want to apply that to your life it motivates you to go you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna triumph yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna follow yeah. my passion you know and and i'm gonna be with my family and 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 you also want to teach and you want to share your gifts with the world and um so i i think just that aspect of the whole movie instead of it being oh it was so funny it's it, it was funny and oh, the music was element. amazing yeah but that through line of how touching it was and how a younger generation brought, brings the belief yep. out of the grandfather who maybe lost his way um was, was also special because there's something innocent about children because yep. i think the leads the lead kids were around 10 11 12 years old and she just brought such just happy go lucky joy to the screen just this bright vibrant energy and I looked her up because I was like, who is this kid? She is just cuter than pie. She shows all this like behind the scenes stuff. And yeah, I can't wait to see what, what she does. Oh my God. Speaking of Instagram and social media. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I love seeing what's trending on Twitter. Do you ever sit and look at things that are trending or is that not your cup of tea? Whatever's on YouTube. <laughs> So it's not your cup of tea. See, you sit on YouTube and you watch stuff, and I just love reading through Twitter. But I don't use Twitter as much as a user, if, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, I'm not saying they're typing a lot, but I love absorbing and reading and seeing. And MySpace was trending. So it was trending, and I started reading through all of the comments, and this came up. MySpace co-founder Tom Anderson. Does everyone remember Tom? Everyone knows Tom. Everyone knows Tom. He was subject to one of the largest FBI raids in California history after hacking into a Chase Bank computer system and showing his friends how to do it. He wasn't arrested because he was 14 at the time. So this just came out today? <laughs> well, I think this story has been out for many, many years, but who's thinking of MySpace, Tom, today? Like some, yeah. Because like, I think it was by like some fact um, account that had said this, and maybe we had heard of the story a long time ago, but when I was reading it, I was like, wait, he's hacking a Chase bank? What is he doing? And then you come to find out he did that at 14. And apparently he showed over 40 of his friends. He's this little freshman in high school. And he went by the hacker name, <laughs> Lord Flathead. <laughs> Can you, it, it's so interesting how being that smart, that young, is just got to be so trippy. To be able to have the wherewithal at 14 years old to hack in. But he was, how old is Tom though? He's, he's probably. He was, I think, 33 when he founded it. So what is that now? When, when was it founded? Like 2003, maybe? So he's probably almost 50. Wow. So back then, that was, that was like the ages before computers were probably even, oh yeah. Yeah. That was probably back in like the 80s he did that, early 90s probably. I think he, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think he probably has one of the most 
legendary photos of all time on the internet. I think there's only one photo of Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Just over his, his shoulder, and he's got like all this crazy formulas on the back of a whiteboard behind him. And he's like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, then Facebook came along and kind of knocked MySpace out of the game. But what did? But it's interesting because it wasn't MySpace. Wasn't MySpace open to the public for anybody? But then oh, yeah. Facebook had the regulation of college at first. So I wonder how Facebook won over MySpace during that crucial time. I mean, it's one of those things you kind of always want what you can't have. And when even when I was still in high school, I was like, Brian, that's my sister. Can I borrow your email address? I really want to go on Facebook because you had to have a college email address. And so you're like, oh, I want to get on that. I have to get, I got to get into college so that I can be on there. Like there's something about you want to get into like that secret society. You know what I'm saying? But with MySpace, I mean, I have to read you some of these tweets that I found because it's so interesting to see how other people felt about it. Um, but one thing that was so interesting, and I know you love him and we, you've told me stories about Dane Cook and MySpace, but he tweeted this. I see MySpace trending, and it reminds me of many nights changing my top eight. Oh, yeah. Coding banners and being online now. I was looking for a way to make it in stand-up comedy and used it to the hilt. My philosophy was to talk to millions of people the way I would talk one-on-one. -on -one. So that is what social media is today. Even when you're on Instagram or a blog or anything, you want to talk like you're talking just to one person because that's how you connect. Dane Cook, though, built his career from MySpace. And that sentiment is the difference that he understood back then. Because even you and I right now, we are talking on YouTube and Facebook as if we are talking to one individual person. Because in my mind, I kind of see all the comment faces, like I know the faces, I recognize yeah. names. And one of my favorite um, things about Dan Cook when I found out is that during his time when he was an upcoming comedian, he had about 20 grand left in his bank and he was using MySpace to book and connect with his fans to fill up comedy theaters, but he needed a website, I think, to sell tickets. And he spent 18 out of his last 20,000, these numbers aren't accurate, but something like that, and bet on this. And it's what made him wow. huge. And then he had his brother or half-brother steal all his money. And then Dane uh. disappeared for a while. Then he has a great comeback story on that. But I love that he was on MySpace early. But what you said about the top eight would have be, would be an absolute nightmare that today. That would stress me out. How I, would you pick top eight right now? I couldn't. I absolutely couldn't. Making a wedding guest list is stressful enough, <laughs> let alone <laughs> your top, top eight. eight. But I do recall that I would switch it up often because he kind of had to. You're like, oh, well, this week so-and-so is going into it. Oh, you're going to be in it this week. So lame. <laughs> so lame. You kind of seem to have a different experience than I did. MySpace, I really didn't use. My entire high school uh, was ICQ. Oh, so you didn't even do the AIM chat? Nope. Well, it's because that's what all the kids in my school use. But And I was going to read you this tweet Someone goes, we should have never left MySpace. We had background music, dope-ass banners, and we were learning code. We dropped the ball, LOL. I was all about the coding. I learned all the, the different colors and how to make just different... I just I, I can still see the coding in my head. And 
this person is so right. I was learning because I cared so much to make the page pretty and all my friends would be like, will you do ours? Will you do ours? And now today, I mean, I can still see it, but who knows? Well, actually, when I did my blog, remember I had all that code and I learned how, it's a long story, but there's still pieces of it that I still use today, but I just completely stopped learning that. What if I would have continued to learn that from 18 to the current day, working that muscle every day? So, but you, you guys, you didn't really, I feel like use my space like that. I was, it was, ne social media did not become interesting to me until 2000, you know, 14 or 15. You know, I had Facebook, I connected with friends and we kind of wrote on each other's wall. But I, even growing up, MySpace, the only reason I got it is there was a girl I wanted to talk to when I was 17 and I got it specifically for her to communicate on. Yeah. And that was it but i never really used that facebook i didn't really use it was all icq to talk at home with my friends and you would see if someone's online or if someone got offline but icq is where i learned to type or perfected my typing yeah and we would type back and forth but i didn't use aim i did have a myspace i remember putting music in my top eight but um see that is so crazy to me because i literally met friends like through myspace and it was all surrounded around like concerts, like Brooke and I used to go to all these shows, like for like punk rock bands, you know, and she would have all these friends that she met. I mean, it probably like maybe wasn't the safest, but I guess people are doing that nowadays with Tinder and stuff. Yeah. I just remember there was such a community built on that. And then when it came to, okay, so here's the thing with ICQ, did you guys have the little um, friends list? I guess, is that what it was called? I, I honestly remember don't remember that? much. I just remember like snapshots of like writing PAW, meaning parents are watching. So like, don't swear, or say anything like something <laughs> like that. that um, and just like yet again, it was just all, all early social media to me during that phase was the young Freddie like chatting with girls. Girls, yeah. That was well. my. That was my, like, oh hey, and then so and so is online, and you're like, hey, we should go to the movies. Like that was it. It wasn't me and my buddies, like me and my buddies would get together and then we'd be on ICQ talking talk to, girls. to girls. So it wasn't like me and my buddies hanging out on ICQ really. Because I remember after school, like later at night when I was done with homework, I'd log on and I guess you can't really relate to the AOL sounds of you've got mail uh -uh. and the closing of the door. You don't, oh my gosh, you don't know any of those. They're so magical. But I would sit and I'd see like what friends were on and you talk to them, of course, but it's so funny you say you're on there to talk to girls because shocker, I'm sure that's what everyone was doing. But my first boyfriend ever, I got his screen name and I knew who he was in school. I was like, oh, he's so cute. I got to find a way to talk to him. But he was older. So I was like, you have to be creative. <laughs> so I got, oh God. I got his screen name and little my screen name was. <laughs> I needed to wet my whistle for this story. What can I say? <laughs> my screen name was. Freddie, I'm trying to talk. <laughs> do you not want to hear my great story? No, I do. I'm just kidding. I just felt you were going to go into a story and this was the perfect time to subtly open my bubbly. Do you guys want, not, want to know the juice or what? I want to know the juice. You want to know the juice? Oh my gosh. God help me. The juice. <laughs> the juice is I had to be creative. So my username was BlondieXO. So weird. <laughs> and I wrote this guy and I said, hey, 
Um, you know, I just got this new username or screen name. I'm so sorry. Old, younger me would be like, what's a username? My screen name. Yeah, I just got this new screen name and a bunch of my friends added to my friends list a bunch of screen names and you were on here. Who is this? <laughs> That's literally what I asked him. <laughs> so we started talking and then that turned into like a year and a half of a relationship. And I think so I did So all because of online. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So it wasn't, it was interesting that it, it, it didn't have the stigma of online dating of the early 2000s because you were connecting with people that you knew. Because he went to my school. But the actual online dating had a stigma. Now online dating is mainstream, especially yeah. now during lockdown. I'm sure that's all you do. You don't, can't go to the bars. You can't go out anywhere unless you meet like someone at work or something. But But it's just so crazy back then. I mean, I went on one online date. You were actually there, funny enough. In 2010, remember yeah. that? That was the only, it was through, I think, like Plenty of Fish. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm going to go there. Just There's a handful of us that yeah. went and sat at the booth to make yeah. sure he wasn't a, yeah, a crazy weirdo. person. He actually, I think, ended up turning out being crazy, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the one time that I went on one. And back then, I mean, it was kind of like, had a little stigma around it. Now it's just so normal. It Everyone is. you know meets online. Well, and it's, it's interesting because I think people are calling for MySpace to come back in a nostalgic way because we remember those times, but social media was not is, – is MySpace, if it came back, would be like every other social platform because the, the, the landscape of social media has changed. But I want the old MySpace. I want it to look exactly how it was. I want there to be coding. I want there to be music, and I just want that early 2000s MySpace back. <laughs> and I, I want a million dollars. <laughs> Are we making wishes today? You can't say your wishes out loud. Have you learned nothing? Well, that wasn't my true wish. <laughs> my true wish is for 8% body fat mm, for life. For life. You've but always said that. Because it's the, it's the one thing you can't work and ever get finished. Isn't Never that crazy, done. though? For the rest of our lives, we have to continue to work out, continue and to eat And continue healthy. to make sacrifices every day of not overeating. Yeah, that's the one thing because you can make enough income and you can um, you can invest properly and you can actually have eight percent body fat of riches, right? Um, and opportunity and freedom and all of that. But with your body and your health, it's the one thing that needs to be continued. So those would be my wishes. But anyway, well, speaking of eight percent body fat, there is a holiday called Thanksgiving coming up. <laughs> I'm curious, should we cook? Should we order in? What do you think? I mean, we gotta cook. Yeah. Yeah. If we got a kitchen like we do, and do I definitely it. wanna, I definitely wanna cook and see, um, you know, what what we can do because I, I wanna do it. I wanna do it relatively healthy, but we gotta do the gotta bean have. green casserole. Oh, we have to do the, uh, I think make make making a pie, some mashed potatoes, and then the turkey. I'm not doing anything crazy. I think there's a maybe it's Jenny O. There, there, remember, there's a turkey that you the little baby one, yeah. For three hours, you yeah. put it in the oven and it's done. Yeah, like no big deal. So we can do that. And you know, for us, you know, we're we're kind of alone up here. All your friends and family mm -hmm. um, live three hours south, um, and then our parents aren't coming, right? Because everything is so uh, Crazy right spiking now. right now. Yeah. The you know what? Let's call it C nineteen. So we're going to be alone, but it's really interesting to see what the rest of the world's going to do because um, you know a lot of people have to cancel Thanksgiving or 
and you can't really have it outside in a lot of different climates. Oh, it's Some people are going to do it, which I think if it's, I think people know. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to have just a solid mandate saying, hey, no more, no Thanksgiving. It's, it's like if, if you let everyone be responsible for it, and people are going to do what they're going to do. They're yeah. not going to enforce that. So I think it's just everyone being careful. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I don't think anybody, my parents aren't going anywhere. No. But then there's some friends who are having big gatherings and some aren't. So it's just yeah, whatever people are going to do. But um, you got to leave it up to the individual at this point. Oh, my gosh. See, we're seeing firsthand. I mean, even not to like bring politics into it, but uh, Gavin Newsom, he got in trouble because he was seen like out having like wine or whatever with a bunch of friends and they're like hello governor of california you're telling all of us to stay home you can't do that you can't what is that you can't that do right that. there is the curtain lifted <laughs> yes. with most politicians and most media I know. it is the curtain lifted I know. for him to, to sit around and have the strictest regulations that is literally crushing the state of california he is the head of a lot of the problems that are happening in that country or that uh, state, it's like a country, and it's, it's, country. it's so damn big. <laughs> um, but uh, but then he's out, and then his apology was ridiculous. He it goes, "Yeah, we all make mistakes. A mistake is if you get up in March and say, hey, we don't need to wear masks,' and then you find out new information and say, "Hey, I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. We all have to. We all make mistakes. That's a mistake." Not telling and shutting down and 10 million people losing their jobs and you going out to a restaurant and then saying, sorry. I know. No, you know better. I know. You know better. And that's that's my biggest thing with the lockdowns. I understand grocery stores, places of business, wear a mask. Why? Because we can't be responsible for others, for other people and strangers' individual choices. Mm-hmm. So I understand the communal places inside, like a grocery store, should be mandatory masks at this point. You cannot tell people not to have a Thanksgiving because that's their own friend group and their own family that they're making the choice. If they have a friend or a cousin or a grandma or a mom or a dad or a son who's out partying and being around people and they know that and still invite them over to risk it, that's on that family. But if you have a public place that I don't know who anyone is, I like the mask. But I don't mm-hmm. think they should shut down Thanksgiving. They shouldn't shut down Christmas in a mandatory way. I mean, I totally understand and pretty much, I guess, feel the same. It's You would hope that most people would say, hey, you know, this year, why don't we all just pause? It is what it is. There's a lot going on in the world and let's just be safe. I mean, that's just how I am and how I've always felt about it. But it's crazy because every, a lot of places are closing down again. Like even my mom was telling me the other day in Jersey, like salons are all closing again, restaurants. It's um, you only can have like one family in a reservation and you can't have more than four people at a table. Um, You know, just a lot of different things. And I know it's the winter's coming and obviously we don't really see those effects here in Florida, but a lot of places around the whole world they do, which, you know, makes this a little bit more complicated because you're dealing with... You can't be outdoors. Yeah. So I just I just don't know. I just hope everyone's safe and, um, you know, just know like one day this will be over. We got to make sacrifices sometimes. We have so much more information now that I think locking everything down is now out of the picture. I think it was smart at first because I did believe it and I think it was true that... 
hold on a second, we need everyone to lock down to flatten this curve so we can be prepared in the hospitals and get all this this protective gear together. Mm -hmm. So please, and I think it was smart, but I think once we opened, that was it. Yeah, and it's interesting too, because when we were on our cross-country trip, I was way more comfortable being out. We had our masks, hand sanitizer. We were just kind of like, this is the way of life now. And I felt really comfortable with all of it. And then now that we're settled, we don't really go out that much. So when I do have to go out, I'm more anxious again because I'm not out all the time. So I just, I kind of go through waves with all this, which I'm sure everyone does and everyone listening probably does. Um, But then, you know, you look at someone like my dad and nothing's changed for him because he's been working throughout all this. You know, of course they follow strict safety precautions, but you know, nothing's really changed. For people I think like us who have really just, stayed home and done that it's it's a little more like anxiety ridden sometimes when you're out you know yeah you can definitely feel the difference um just that extra responsibility of making sure that you're staying clean making sure but um but yeah i just i love just putting on the i I have no problem with the mask whole thing i'm just saying when it when it comes to the shutdown and if there is a hot spot i understand it but the uh, the shutting it down not shutting it down doing all this it's just crazy but um we're not the ones that have to make the decision but (laughs) we're doing our part so i feel like regardless of how we feel about it that i'm respecting the people even when we go out here in florida people are more lax of not having masks on and whatever but i just i just like putting it on in public but if we were going to have friends over which we wouldn't because yeah. I don't want to risk it at this moment. Yeah. But if we were, I think we should be able to, especially if you're going to have a handful of people and how they're going to do it. And I think it was New York Times or some, yeah, I think it was New York Times um, did an article that um, Moderna, is that the other company yes, with Pfizer, yes, is the yes, second yes. one to come out with the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And this one even has a higher range of, of effectiveness. Yes. 94.5%. And this article cleared up my, my couple podcasts ago when I didn't understand the study. So, because I remember hearing the first study about Pfizer and they had 30,000 people where they gave some people the placebo and some people the real vaccine, but then 90 people contracted C19. And, and I was like, well, wait, wait a minute. So what happened to the, up? so wait, how does that prove anything? But now that I read it in the New York Times, this makes sense. They gave it to 30,000, I think, was the same thing, 30,000. 95 contracted it. And 90 of the 95 who got it took the placebo. Wow. So of the 95 people who contracted it in this with the Moderna vaccine, only five who took the vaccine actually got it. 90 were on the placebo, which is where they get the number 94.5%. So that's good news, but you know, do you you know how I found out about the Moderna coming out and that percentage? How I was on Instagram and remember Pussycat Dolls, the band, the band, yeah. 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 So there was this really famous clip from 2005, and they were singing a song called "Loosen Up My Buttons." And obviously, the lead of the band is Nicole Scherzinger. Yeah. And there's another girl in the band named Melody. And in this famous clip, Melody comes and takes center stage and she's singing all these runs and there are actual shots of Nicole shooting her like just these nasty looks like get out of my center stage oh my god and so the meme was Moderna coming in when Pfizer announces they've got 90% because Moderna's bigger and now they're what 94 point something yeah but it's just so funny and I was like 
the internet. You people make me laugh. Like, who thought of that? <laughs> it's so funny. The world's a very funny place. Isn't it? People are hysterical, and hysterical people get rewarded on social because if you're funny, people like, and it upticks your comments, yeah. and you just realize. And some people are mean. It's like mean funny where you laugh and you go, this is kind of mean. I don't know why I'm laughing, but it's funny. Yeah. But most people are just clever. And, but yeah, it goes to the top. But yeah, it's it's going to be super interesting of, of what people are going to do about it because, um, you know, I, I'm still, I, I'm still skeptical about if I would just volunteer to take a vaccine. I mean, I'd let some other people test it out first, right? We, we don't leave our house, so it's. There'll awesome. be enough studies um, by the time we ever get it. But yeah. um, but there's already people doing it, so it's got to be safe. Like it might give people, make people yeah. something. I think it's gonna like. But here's my next question, and I've always thought about this with vaccines: Are specific places going to say if you want to come in, you have to have the vaccine? Like if Broadway opened back up, and they're like, if you want entry into the theater, you have to have proof of the vaccine. You know, and I know that's a loaded question, but I that's going to be a political um, debate because, you know, can you force people to have a vaccine and then can you not? And then what's going to be the marketing and story points on each side of why that's against your rights and why that's <sighs> for the safety of the public? So that's going to go back and forth. And then this but then the same thing of contract contact tracing has been kind of floating around for nine months. And you it hasn't heard much, really. It kind of is out there maybe, but it's not it's not full scale where we would be aware and we're in the know of like yeah. news and everything. And I haven't heard some big company that has came out with a contract, you know, where you need to like scan a barcode that you're safe. And I think the bigger question of all of this is, is what does the world look like in 10 years mm -hmm. is what I'm fascinated. What is 2030 going to be for us? Because vaccine, no vaccine, you know, C-19's here to stay or goes, what's going to stop something else from coming? Are all of these protocols that are put in place? Because even if you do end up doing some sort of mandate with vaccines or contract tracing, where is it going to stop? Yeah. It seems like these movies that were made about the future looks like it's where it's going. Sure. So we're all going to just fight each other and it's still all going to go in a direction of giving up a little bit of your privacy, giving up a little bit of your freedom for that security and safety. And that's kind of what we've been what we've been doing because you can't go anywhere these days. But it's helped with crimes. How bizarre is it that when you watch these documentaries from I think the seventies and eighties, can you look that up real quick? When did DNA start um, arriving in court or helping court cases? But just think 50 years ago when our parents were in their 20s. 1986. So everything <laughs> up until until 34 years ago, there was if you were to be involved in a violent crime, there was no way to Remember check the your DNA. Remember the Bundy stuff? They couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. He was committing crimes in Colorado, catches a bus to Florida, and he's partying, and no one knows. Unreal. So Unreal. in that regard, I love that the technology and medicine and science and, and even surveillance, if you will, is helping real, you know, criminals mm -hmm. get brought to justice. But for the average everyday person, you know, I don't, how do you feel thinking about in 1920, you could hop in a car and drive somewhere and start a new life and no one knows anything about yeah. you. That's gone, especially for our youth. 
everything is on social media forever. You and I, if the entire world, if every human disappeared and all that was left was this new species with all this video, we would we did not exist before 2006. And here's the question too. What if that happens and a new species comes, but everything's gone? There is no video anymore. So everything we did and created is gone and they have to start over again. Well, yes, but my, my point of that was that you and I in this new world of being... Everything's in, documented from we, we were born in 2003 yeah. with MySpace. Yeah. The children today, all of our friends are posting videos and pictures of their babies, hmm. which we will too. Their day of birth starts the same time. We didn't have much documentation. We have video VHS tapes somewhere, but it's a mess. It's so like six hours of me now. sitting by the Christmas tree. Now it's all filters, quick clips, and you can gather that. But that's my whole point is, is we, we, you and I no longer could just hop in a car without being tracked or know anything, go somewhere and start this new life. Like people are going to go, we just Google image search you. You're Alyssa Tabbit. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I, I just don't, I, but then again, I don't know if that's a bad thing. Just a new normal. It's, it sounds bad because it's out of the normal from what we're used to. You know, everything's made up. The way we, the reason we feel that that's normal without technology is that's how we were born people didn't have technology we didn't know so it's i wouldn't necessarily say it's bad it's just different than what we're used to but all these kids right now like i mean we have so many friends who have babies but who knows maybe when they're older it's going to be really cool and they're going to be able to look at they'll have their contacts on and be able to do it all here and be like oh this is me when i was a baby and i'll pull everything up oh come here friend let me show you this is me when I was four and I sang. Oh, I said, that's so funny. It's when I learned I had a great singing voice. Yeah. You know, like you might be able to share moments that were so special to forming you as a person. Oh, this is my first heartbreak. Look at this. Who, who knows what it's going to be? Well, it's, it, it could be another way to bring people together in a new evolving technological age. I don't know. It, it, yeah, it'll be here. In, it'll be here in ten years. It's gonna be here in ten years. Twenty thirty. We're we're gonna be, um, you know, every we're gonna be moving in online. Yeah. Well, you said earlier something fascinating. You go, I feel like everything we're seeing in the movies is happening. Do you think that that's because all these inventors have seen? The movies and they go oh we should try and do that Ooh, flying cars that sounds good so it really is coming from a writer's imagination imagination. and someone's making it real so they don't have to do a movie trick i can't remember what it was there was something in avatar or some movie where apple tv uh the idea of that you could have something on an ipad and go up there or something or bluetooth there there are yeah there's a lot of inventions that were made through um through just the imagination wow. of, of creators, but then the inventors and people get together, build a business around it and launch an idea. And, um, but it, yeah, it's all fascinates me. So I, I don't know. And, and that's why, you know, anytime we share about it, I don't really have, um, like I have opinions at the moment, but I'm always, I'm never like in my, my opinion and I'm never changing it. No. Like I might be against needing a vaccine to go to the grocery store but then it might 
change in six months yeah. or a year and I go, oh, that yeah, I'm for this now. We're very open people. We're very open to new information. Mm-hmm. I don't get set in my ways. I'm just learning with what I have right now and I'm thinking, well, how would I feel? But when the time comes, because what if they did eradicate all, what if it didn't go in the dystopian way and it went in the great way of what if they do eradicate the C-19 and everything else? What if people didn't have to get sick? What if, what if we figure out ways through all this innovation of the way that we are getting together and all of this to help stop the spread of other viruses? Yeah. Like yeah. imagine if we could just eradicate all this where people don't get sick. That'd be cool. Never getting sick ever, ever. I had a friend, a girlfriend who told me she went and got her nails done for the first time since everything happened. And she goes, I only felt comfortable because A, there was a plexiglass right between them. B, um, you couldn't have your phone out. You had to wash your hands right when you walked in. She cleaned down and cleansed the chairs before, after all that. But I'm like, if these nail salons have a plexiglass, why would you ever take it down? The common cold, the flu, like all of it. But who wants to get any of that? Keep it yeah. up. You know, I know it's like weird to us right now, but keeps people safer. Who wants to be sick? Yeah. You know, it's all just very interesting to see. I'm very curious to see what the next 5, 10, 15 years is going to look like. Um, well, what do you say we... Uh... We wrap up here. And get a little uh, snacky snack, a little yeah. afternoon snack. Are you hungry? Because I'm starving. Those cauliflower crackers to bring it full circle. <laughs> yeah. They're, <laughs> they're I'm, good. I'm going to make us some chicken. We got to put down the, um, the, the screens. That was really cool that the landlords yes. brought by the... There's this little remote control that you press and the screens come down, blocking off half of the, the outdoor patio so mm-hmm. that if you do it around this time... There's no mosquitoes and bugs, so we can actually cook and grill. Because now it gets dark at 5.30, which we won't cook dinner till like 7. But I was getting bitten up. I had to put sweatpants on and (laughs) long sleeve and then run inside because there's so many bugs. But now with the screens, I'm like, this is beautiful. We put on the lights and the fan out there and you just hang out. little candles you got. Yeah, a little mosquito repellent just in case. Just in case. You know, it's so crazy. Last time you made chicken, (laughs) I had leftover barbecue sauce from Wendy's. And it was so good, but I don't have any more of that sauce. Would it be weird if I went by Wendy's and I go, excuse me, can I buy some sauces? You know, you have no uh, shame in doing things like that. She (laughs) used to go through McDonald's and order a coffee and ask for 30 creams. And they'd go, what? 30 creams? Because you wanted to put the McDonald's creamer in our homemade coffee. Yeah. And you never felt like weird or bad about asking. No, because I told them I'd purchase it. And one time I paid like $2 for 30. And I was like, yeah, sorry. I'm going to a meeting. A little white lie, whatever. So you felt bad about your crazy decisions. I didn't feel crazy, but I felt like I should have given them some little reason as to why. I mean, I actually really don't care. And I should go and get more creamer because that creamer is bomb. And so, you know what, though? I just bought another one, and it was the first, I guess, pumpkin-spiced coffee I've had of the season, and it's so good, and I can't stop drinking it. So it's just better to just buy your own instead of driving through McDonald's. No, I'm going to do it again, and I'm just and I'm going to make sure that you're in the car with me, and this time I'm going to ask for 60. <laughs> I'm like, some for me. Sorry, somewhere. it's a meeting. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be uh, social distancing? It's a social distancing outdoor meeting for 60 people. Yeah, we'll, we'll stop by Wendy's to get barbecue dipping sauce. We'll stop by Taco Bell to get their hot <gasps> sauces. And then we'll stop by McDonald's to get their coffee creamer. 
In. I'm in. Sign me up. Sign the dotted line. And then those are the best condiments. I think so. Yeah. Especially from Taco Bell. That and then we'll sauce. just go and get a public sub. Oh. We'll get one this weekend. I think so. We've been really good. Yeah. So. I think it's good to be, it's great to be good during the week. And, and then also you, you kind of get into a rut if you are eating kind of whatever. Then you, then you end up wasting time going, oh, what are we going to eat? Well, should we order, go pick it up? And then you lose time yeah. when you order food and know what you're going to eat for the week. We, we're just going to go walk, cook, and yeah. then continue our life where if we didn't have any food right now, we would go, well, what do you want to do? And it would kind of take away. Yeah. So, Do you um, think we have time to walk, speaking of, 4.30? Yes, we have 45 minutes till we can walk. Well, we love you guys. We got a little walk to get in. We're going to go do a little uh, walk, get some steps in. Go. We always walk to the mail hut and back. It's about <laughs> two miles, which is uh, really fun, and, um, and walk around the neighborhood. I love the neighborhood here. It's Beautiful. so peaceful and so inspiring. Yeah. I don't know. There's like mega mansions in this. And you just like walk around and look at them. And I just always go, what do you do for a living? I want to knock on these doors and go, excuse me, what do you do for a living? But I feel like most of the homes here are vacate, like they're second houses. So chances of them being home to get the answer, they're probably not there. And, and it makes sense. It, it seems like to, to have, because I think the homes here range from like 700 to $4 million. Mm-hmm. So you look at some of these houses and you're just like, holy cow. So it's, it's, yeah, it's really, it's really inspiring though to just walk around and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and just look at these. It always, I was like, huh. It's nice. Cause, cause I'm really pumped about the future. And that's what I love about this house of why we decided to stay as well. And I, cause I was telling my parents about this cause I was like, so we're going to spend a little more than we were planning, but we're in a lockdown situation and we're working from home. I think it would be irresponsible of us to sign a lease here if you and I were working 60 hours a week out of the house every single week mm-hmm. and we didn't see each other, we weren't at the house and it was sitting here empty. You and I work from home, play from home, do everything from home. Yeah. So it's almost worth that little bit extra that you would save but it's nice. That's why we're going to do the podcast studio there. So we can eat dinner here. We can go out in the sun there. We can work out around the neighborhood. We can relax in here. Yeah. We, we're going to put an office in your um, yes. in that second bedroom okay. there because uh, of some of the videos that we're going to be making. And and then we have like my closet. And so there's like sections, our little gym area right here. Yeah. So it, it's kind of like if you're going to be home, if you're just in one area, it's – I like – you know, so it's it's worth it. But it, my whole point is that it, it it how I'm seeing even the future of what we're gonna do. Like looking at these houses, I just keep thinking like keep working hard, follow the passion, add value, think about your brand in the future because that is one purchase that um, and or rent. That's the that's the big <laughs> thing here on the podcast. Um, I think there's something really neat about your home base, especially as the future grows, to spoil yourself on. Mm-hmm. Because almost these days, like a car is kind of going out the window. Because where are you going? I just, just want to buy out this Jetta and just take good care of it because it'll last literally forever until technology gets to a point where we're going to want a Tesla right. that drives itself right. or something. But for the next like five years, we 10 years, we'll be fine. out getting rid of two cars and just yeah. getting one. Because we yeah. don't go anywhere. Haven't well, for a especially long time. now. Yeah. We actually have to start the car. You know, we haven't left the. We haven't left this house since... I'll start it on Thursday. Since uh, it's been 11 days. 
Really? 11 days we have not left. So we got groceries delivered. Now you're leaving tomorrow for your brows. Or Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. But yeah. that's it. Yep. I have nowhere to be. I haven't had I my eyebrows done in and... three months. You can't tell. Three months. You can't tell. I'll do it when you're asleep. No, you will not, sir. <laughs> Just pencil them in. Um, <laughs> that being said, 20 minutes later, we are actually going to go. Yeah. We have a walk, a snack to have. On the way. We'll grab something. But we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll be back on, uh, on next Wednesday, and we're going to work on getting a vlog out in between that because we can't go a week. Yes. Uh, that's too long, just once a week. We definitely want to do a vlog and some one-offs, and um, so look out for those. And then if you want to um, hop on for a second podcast, go check out the members group. Yeah. And uh, I think you'll have a lot of fun there and meet a lot of great people as well. So Heck it'll be yeah. great. So thank you all for stopping by. We appreciate you, and we'll see love you next you. time.